We are starting the show today, though, talking more about short-term rentals. And certainly, there has been a lot of talk lately about the number of Airbnb listings, about people who are making up numbers for their accounts, and perhaps renting out properties that don't really fall within the rules. So how do you deal with that? My first guest is joining us to talk about that. Michael Vogel is the CEO and founder of Encore Ventures, and he joins us on the line. Michael, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure, Till. How are you? I'm very well. How about you? Good, good, thank you. Uh, You are uh, the CEO and founder of Encore Ventures, but you are also somebody who operates legal Airbnbs in some communities. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I got interested in Airbnb a number of years ago. Um, I think like other hosts, you you visit some place that you find interesting, maybe on holiday, and you dream of of having a vacation home there one day. And Airbnb has uh, allowed people um, in the position... To, uh, to to do that to, to rent out a home when they're when they're not there and uh, maybe have a, a retirement home for the future. And when you talk about then being a host, having uh, legal Airbnbs, what do you have to do to make sure that it does fall within the rules that it is legal? Yeah, so every community has the the right to decide what what housing um, and and hotels and vacation rentals look like, and so um, every municipality can can vote on what they require. So. Um, some municipalities, I'll, I'll give a local example. So uh, Whistler, for example, is a resort municipality in, in British Columbia, and uh, they require certain certain uh, zones. So uh, there are certain areas that are zoned for Airbnb, certain zones that are, that are not. So it uh, doesn't matter how much you like a certain area. If you want to do Airbnb there, you, you just can't. And that's been decided on by the community, and, and that, that's how it goes. And when we talk about, say, so that would be the rule in Whistler, uh, in Vancouver as well, which we have been talking a lot about because of the number of short-term rental listings, it, it has to be your principal residence, doesn't it? And that it's not, it's not, uh, it would be against the rules, say, if it was a basement suite in, in your house or if it was a laneway house, something like that? Yeah, correct. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and it's been probably about five years that, since, since uh, that's been the case where, uh, there are some exceptions where where you can uh, do Airbnb at, at home, but but for the most part, yes. If it's your principal residence, then uh, yeah, then you can't do Airbnb at home. Uh, we know that there are listings though that don't fall within those rules that that go against what the rules are specifically in the city of Vancouver. Uh, you've talked a bit about how how it would be easy enough or ways that perhaps if the city did want to crack down on this, they could. Uh, what do you think the city could do? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, when we look online, there's obviously a lot of theory around it, especially you know anything to do with with housing is is a hot button issue. Um, I think the natural instinct is, hey, we need more enforcement. We need people to come out and, and inspect places and find owners, and and yes, that's fine. But I think if the goal is to uh, is to prevent this activity from happening, I think a, a very natural solution would be to um, basically have digitally scan Airbnb through a, through a simple computer program and find listings that have a, a, a legal permit number from the city, and the ones that don't, just flag them and, and notify Airbnb. Um, my experience with Airbnb is they tend to have a fairly low tolerance for, for um, illegal activity on their platform, you know, whether it's noise complaints or, or you know, various issues that, that um, can lead to someone being a bad host. They, they don't hesitate to remove from the platform. So I think if the city were to notify them in a, in a, in a practical manner, I, I don't see any reason why they, they would be removed. And if they're removed, 
you know, 80% of, of travel activity is happening through Airbnb. There are other apps. But um, if you start for, from there, I think, you know, I think uh, citizens would be, would be pretty happy. Uh, interesting when you when you talk about that too, uh, because I was curious about the response or what they can expect as far as cooperation from Airbnb. Because, like you said, it would be one thing if we're talking about renters who cause issues or if there's noise violations that could potentially have an impact or, or, or look poorly on Airbnb. Uh, but is Airbnb then expected to know what each different municipality or each different city has as rules for short-term rentals? Yeah, they, they tend to be very proactive on it. Um, I know when, when you're setting up a listing in a, in a new city, they'll often have information related to, to taxes. And um, if, you, if you do have to input a, a license number, they do have a, a portal where you have to do that in order for the listings to go live. I think what's been happening in Vancouver is there have been expired listings, um, sorry, expired license numbers floating around, and uh, they're able to bypass that. Or maybe they apply saying, hey, I'm going to be renting out a room in my home, which is allowed. You can rent out a second bedroom, for example, as long as you're still living there. That's fine. And they'll get a permit number from that from the city, but then um, decide to skirt the rules and decide to rent out the whole place. So uh, they're sort of skirting around the the rules to to get through. Right. And do you think something like you mentioned, software that kind of scans or goes through the site, if it was someone doing that, would it pick something like that up? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you, you know, there's, there's all kinds of uh, metrics that we can see on Airbnb. Uh, there's a website uh, called AirDNA, uh, airdna.co, that uh, monitors Airbnb statistics. But it's very easy to see on, on a particular listing how many days of the month or the year uh, a place is rented and whether it's the, the whole home or, or not. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be a fairly straightforward solution. I mean, we're, we're in the 21st century now where AI can write poetry. I'm, I'm sure it can crack down on uh, illegal listings. Um, interesting when you when you put it that way. Also, I, I do question if there is, I know that the current council in Vancouver is now looking at this and this is being brought to their attention more, but I would think too, because the city still makes money from Airbnb when we're talking about taxes on this. So even if they're illegal or legal, there is still money flowing into the city from all of these listings. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we talk about the cost of housing, but um, you know the, the cost of a holiday is something that that uh, people notice as well. Um, and and within BC, actually, um, taxes on on hotel rooms and Airbnbs are actually quite quite high. I think the total would be around sixteen percent when you when you um, add in PST, which is actually eight percent, not seven percent on an Airbnb. Um, there's an MRDT tax, which is another three percent. So and GST, so it's at least sixteen percent, um, and then. Other cities can add in other fees, but uh, yeah, on a thousand dollar listing, um, you know, that's one hundred sixty dollars that goes to various levels of government. Right, uh, and as somebody too, so you, as somebody that that you uh, said does, that you do operate again legal Airbnbs. This is a topic that comes up, or a question that often comes up as well. Is we know there's a lack of housing and there's a shortage of housing, but. Should people who have basement suites or laneway homes or or rooms to rent out, if they're not comfortable with long-term rentals or for whatever reason they don't want long-term rentals, maybe they have kids that come home from university for three or four months or they use it for in-laws, they use it in other ways, that they're being forced to kind of uh, not make money from short-term rentals. They're being forced to put their rental stock into the long-term housing pool uh, due to the fact that there is this housing housing shortage that isn't their fault. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I agree with you 100%. Um, I think, you know, it, 
yes, Airbnbs are, are presently legal, uh, illegal, but um, that doesn't mean that it's it's the, the correct and final solution, right? So um, yeah, we can we can address you know, legal listings, but you know, just like you said, um, people you know have homes and basement suites where it doesn't make, maybe make sense to have a full time tenant all year because yeah, in the summer kids come home, family comes from out of town, uh, and it, you know, and it would be convenient to to um, be able to open up. Their, their basement suites for, for Airbnb part-time. Um, I know one solution that, has, that makes a lot of sense um, in, a, in a popular vacation market of Palm Springs, what they did is they actually uh, stipulated that you can't host more than 32 uh, guests, uh, 32 individual stays per year. So uh, that basically prevents you from having a full-time Airbnb, but it does allow you to have a part-time one. Right. So uh, that would solve that solution in Vancouver, which, which I think makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I certainly don't agree with the, the, the notion of you know, forcing people to rent out their basement suite if it, if it doesn't make sense. You know, people have the right to, to use their own home, and, um, and, it, and and it's not like it would be taking away from a long-term rental unit uh, in any case. Right. And, and you kind of touched on this, but when you talk as well about the regulations in Whistler, where it's not right across the, the entire place, it's it's different sections of the city, different different parts of the resort area, that, that maybe something like that could be adopted in Vancouver as well. Yeah, I, I think ultimately that makes sense. And, and, and I think people think critically about it. You know, we're, we're in beautiful British Columbia. Uh, tourism is a very big part of our, um, our economy. It, it employs a lot of people, both directly and, and indirectly. And um, I think there was a, a survey from uh, Destination Vancouver that, that said by 2026, uh, Vancouver will be sold out of, of hotel rooms. There just won't be enough capacity, especially in the summer. So um, there is a shortage in housing. There's also a shortage in, in, in you know, hotel rooms and, 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 uh, and short-term rentals. And so I think Vancouver's sense, if they took a Whistler approach, I think maybe um, allowing... Airbnb in certain zones on the downtown peninsula makes sense. Um, and, then, and then allowing that to be up to strata approval. You know, individual buildings can, can choose their own fate, whether they want it or not. But I think that's kind of a logical solution. And um, it allows people to, to decide, hey, do I want this in, in, in my you know, suburban neighborhood or just downtown or, you know, what, what combination of, of, of that do they want? But, um, yeah, make it up to each, uh, each city to decide. Michael, thanks so much for joining us today and talking more about this. We'll leave it there, but appreciate your time. Oh, my, my pleasure. Thank you.